0: Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church And this is our podcast I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you To a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus Now let's go into the message I want to talk to you from the topic of It ain't over yet <laughs> Father God, we thank you We thank you so much, God, for what you're going to do in this place, God. God, we didn't come here for no reason but to serve you, God. Father God, we didn't come here for no other reason but to give you praise, Father. Father, so right now, God, I pray that you stand with my body, you think with my mind, and you speak with my mouth, that you may be glorified, and they may see you and disregard me, and a word may be spoken that'll set somebody free to come running into the place and say, what must I do to be saved? we thank you and the only name that has power in Jesus name Amen you can be seated so as we look at this particular text what we see in this text is that Paul Silas and Timothy Timothy is believed to be writing this and as we look at this text what we see is Paul Silas and Timothy are on their way into a city Lydia the one who sells purple has just invited them into her house and as they were on their way to her house they run into this girl This girl has a possession. This girl has a demon. How many of you know that we still live in a day where demons still possess people? This girl has a demon. However, as they're going, she's saying, these are servants of the most high God. They come to show us the way. Paul, it says, after many days, which means that she continued to do this, spoke to her and says, come out of her. What I was confused about this story is this, is that what the girl was saying was true. These are servants of the most high God. These are servants who are here to show us the way. But one thing that you got to understand, we got to look at the spirit that is being that is using the girl. Because the enemy, when we look, we can, we can always track what the enemy does. He has not changed. He has not deviated from his plan. He does it the same way he did it in Genesis. He tries to get you to get puffed up in your pride. He tries to get you to get puffed up in yourself. And what happened is you got to have a spirit inside of you that's strong enough to understand that even though it's true, it's not coming from a truthful place. The girl was gassing them up all day long. The girl was just, just running them up, trying to say, Hey, look. And many times, what happens is, unfortunately, we get caught up in our pride. Yeah, that's me. I'm a servant of the Most High God. Yeah, that's me. I'm Bishop such and such. I'm Apostle such and such. That's me. I get served first. <laughs> That's what we got in the church where we, where, we, where we get to a point where all I want is the accolades and all I want is to get puffed up. And how do you know that the enemy will always feed our pride? But Paul being grieved, it says that Paul turned to her and said, come out of her. And her masters realize that they have now lost their ticket. Understand this, that many times it's not about you. It's about what you can do for them. They never cared about the girl. They never cared about her spirit. They never cared about what the girl was going through. They didn't try and get the girl delivered from the demon. What they did was they cashed in on her suffering. And there are many times in the body of Christ, what we do is, what we see is, we see people who are struggling, but yet they have a gift. And what we do is, we, we, we showcase the gift and never deal with the soul. As long as your gift can put butts in the seat, I'm cool with that. But I never deal with the soul issue that you're dealing with. We got to get back to a point where we don't care about the gift. The gift is fine, but are you going to heaven? The gift is fine, but are you saved? The gift is fine, but are you living holy? The gift is fine because I'd rather sit you down than to get you get the church run across the building because you're not saved and get you saved and let your gift have the anointing. More so than just talent because we got a lot of talent in the church, but we ain't got a lot of anointing. Why? Because we have pushed the gift before the soul. What was happening here was this spirit was trying to be validated. A demon can speak truth in a moment, but he doesn't live truth. What was happening here, the Spirit understood that Paul and Silas were just passing through. And if I can get the validation of the preacher, when the preacher leaves, I can deceive the people. Because now the preacher has now validated me. And now that the preacher is not here, the people have heard the preacher now validate my word. So when the preacher leaves, I can go back to spreading lies and have you think that it's true. This is why Paul talked to the demon. This is why Paul cast it out. This is why Paul's spirit was grieved. You never allow your pride to overshadow the spirit of God because God will lead you. We can't allow it to happen. So if you're taking notes, take real quick notes on this. I promise you, I ain't gonna be long. I know preachers tell you that, but I guarantee you it's hot up here. I'm gonna go sit down somewhere. (laughs) Sometimes, point number one, sometimes God's next move is it an accusation? Have you ever prayed? Why do I have to go through this, Lord? Lord, why me? I serve you. I worship you. I praise. That's exactly why, because he know he can trust you. There are some things that only come through an accusation. You see, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says that when Paul and Silas, or when Paul had cast this demon out, all of a sudden the masters of the girl have now taken uh, Paul and Silas and they brought them to the magistrates, they brought them to the judges and says, these men are, are teaching ways that we as Romans are not allowed to receive. It was all cool when you were making money off the girl, but now the girl is delivered, now I got a problem with you. There are some people that will have a problem when you get delivered because you getting delivered no longer benefits them. When you make a decision that I'm going to get saved and I'm going to start living holy and you start packing your stuff up and moving out, he may have a problem with you, sister. When you make a decision that I'm going to start living holy and I'm going to look for a wife, brothers, and you start saying, I'm going to be right, she may have a problem with you, brother. And now all of a sudden, have you ever been, let's be real. You ever been through a breakup? They tell you how they really feel about you. After breakup. I was told never get married until you have a good argument because if you have a good argument you find out what they really think about you because when you are dating it's cool but let y'all get into something I ain't never like you anyway your mama stank your daddy ugly they tell you what they really think about you but while you're dating oh I love your mama she cooks so well but when you have an argument, your mama food don't taste good. I don't even know how you're fat as your ears. Cause your mama this, you, look, see, they say stuff about you. I ain't talking about my wife. She ain't never said that close, but she ain't never said that. <laughs> but they tell you stuff about you. And what happens is they got drug into the city place. When the enemy wants to put you through something, he will always do it publicly. The enemy gets no benefit of accusing you privately. If you are being accused privately, let me tell you something. Get your stuff in order because the Holy Ghost is trying to give you a warning. But what happens is the enemy will always come to you publicly, because if I can destroy you publicly, I can destroy your witness. So they bring Paul and Silas into the middle of the court. Well, you got to understand about what's going on before the magistrates. They brought them into the marketplace. Everybody who's anybody is in this marketplace. And they see what's going down. They see Paul and Silas. They see the men of God. They see them being accused. And all of a sudden, they got beat. They got their clothes ripped off. They got beaten. Realize this, that sometimes God will have to strip you in order to get you to the next place. There are times where God will take you from where you are, strip you down, and bring you to a place where he can use you. Because sometimes we got too much stuff on us. Sometimes we carry in too many things. Sometimes we got too many accolades. Sometimes we got too many positions. Sometimes God has to strip you down and he will allow allow the enemy to do it in order to prove a point that he's still God. They took him, they stripped him, they beat him, they dragged him from the marketplace and they placed him in jail. If they want to make you a spectacle, they will always bring you to the marketplace. You see, the enemy will rather you focus on where you are versus then who you represent. Because the Bible says this, the Bible says that they took them and they told the jailer, he says, I want you to keep them. And the jailer receiving much, this such charge, he placed them into the inner court of the jail. I love the fact that he didn't place them on the north side of the jail. I love the pl- fact that he didn't place them on the south, the east or the west. He placed them in the middle. You gotta understand something. When God wants to do a move, he gets into the center of a thing. God doesn't just touch the edge of your life. God gets down into the middle of your life. And God sits down and he rests. And God says, now what are we going to do about this? Paul and Silas very well could have got upset. Paul and Silas very well could have got depressed. Paul and Silas very well could have said, God, we are serving you. God, we are out here doing this. God, and all of a sudden we get beat, we get stripped, and now we're in jail. What's up, God? Paul didn't take that route. Silas didn't take that route. What they did was, even in the midst of all of that, they still gave God praise. Church, we got to learn something. No matter what I go through, he is worthy of his praise. No matter what I'm in, he is worthy of his praise. No matter what I'm facing, he is worthy of his praise. Because the Bible says, all things work together for the good of them who love God. So the question is, do we really love God the way we say we do? Because one day, it ain't going to be about coming in this building. Matter of fact, just this last year, it wasn't about being and coming to this building. But did you still worship him? Because if I can't have a comfy pew and I can't sit in a nice dark room, in an air conditioned room, is he still God? Even if I'm in jail, I've got to learn how to praise him. And you may not be in physical jail, but even if you are in a spiritual jail, you got to learn how to give him glory. You got to learn how to stir up the gift inside of you. You got to learn to get on your face and call on the name of Jesus and worship and praise and give him honor. Because I'm gonna tell you something, my situation may not change, but I might change in the middle of it. Because if I can change in the middle of it, the situation don't matter. Because the Bible says that as they prayed and as they sing and as they worship God, it says that they place them in the center of the court. And the reason I love that is because there's just enough distance from the north as it is from the south. There's just enough distance from the west as it is from the east. And it, it gets to a point where they don't, they're not on the edge so everybody in the place can hear it equally. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on here is God is using Paul inside us to get other folks delivered. Sometimes God will use you, not for you, but for others. Because he knows that you may be the only voice they hear that has a kingdom sound. So this is why we got to be careful about how we act out in the world. Ooh, it's quiet in here. I love quiet churches. I love quiet churches. My mom grew up Catholic. I'm used to quiet churches. This is why we got to be careful of the witness that we give When we say we love Jesus. Well, you know, if I go out in the world like I'm supposed to, they won't accept me. You ain't supposed to be accepted. If I go out in the world and I say hallelujah, I may get put off my job. Who gave you the job? It's funny how we can praise God for the job, but when we get in the job, we forget about God. Well, I ain't forget him. I just left him out in the car. I was in work the other day, and I had my Bible sitting on my desk and my supervisor came in and I was like, here we go. And as I was there, he came over to me and he said, Caesar, he said, you know, I'm a preacher too. (laughs) I said, Oh really? And we got to talking and we got to rapping about stuff. And all of a sudden I'm, 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 I'm Pentecostal. I'm from the holiness experience. I got happy right there at work. And I, I mean, he got to talking about Jesus. And I said, bo shata. and he said, whoa, he said, you go there. I said, we can go there right now. Now you may not believe in that, but I'm going to tell you something. My, my has got me out of some stuff. You say, you say, oh, that ain't, that ain't the Holy ghost. That's my Holy ghost. And we got to praising, and We got to giving God praise. And see, I have my own little, I don't, I only call it office. I call, it's a dungeon, but it's an office and I'm back in there by myself. And all of a sudden, my coworkers outside heard what was going on. And they said, oh, you friends with the supervisor. I said, I ain't friends with the supervisor, but I'm friends with Jesus, and he's friends with Jesus. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. You ain't got to believe, but I still do. But the Bible says, the Bible says that Paul and Silas was in the middle of this jail. And they began to praise God. And they begin to give God worship, and they get, begin to give God glory. And it says, suddenly... The last time I saw suddenly was in Acts 2 when the Holy Ghost showed up. The Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake. When you praise God, foundations have to move. When you praise God, the very thing that's holding you has to shake. Because when the glory of the Lord shows up, God doesn't just show up and walk in. God will shake the entire thing that you're going through when he shows up. The Bible says, the Bible says, the B-I-B-L-E says this. It says this, as they praise, all the prisoners heard them. It never said the prisoners respond, but it says they heard them. It's not your job to get folks saved. It's just your job to praise the name of the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you something about praising the name of the Lord. People will hear and people will question and people will say, well, what's about this? Not everybody, but somebody will. And we're going to be all right because it ain't about us. The Bible says that they prayed as they praised the foundation state and it says that the doors were open. It didn't say just that Paul and Silas' doors were open. Praise is effective enough to set all of the captives free. Sometimes God is requiring a praise from you for that one that you're praying about in St. Louis that you're trying to get their salvation. When you praise God, all of a sudden, the doors open up in in Atlanta, the doors open up in Miami, the doors open up in St. Louis, the doors open up in Grand Rapids, the doors open up in Columbus. God is just calling you to praise. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you saw, no matter what you focus face, God is just calling you to praise. All of a sudden, without warning, unexpectedly, the foundations shake, the doors pop open, and all of a sudden, now, the jailer comes in. And I love what it says. It says the jailer calls for the light. Jesus is the light. He doesn't even realize what he's calling for. The Bible says he calls for the light, and he, the Bible says first he was going to kill himself because he knew the charge. It said that he took his own sword and he was about to kill himself. But Paul cried out. He says, do thyself no harm. We're all here. Now let's be real. You in jail. You praising God. The door's open. You going to sit there? <laughs> I don't know about you, dog, but I'm out. <laughs> you praising God. God, deliver me. God, bring me up. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. I'm out of here. Paul, for some reason... The spirit of God allowed every single prisoner to stay there because it was never about Paul. It was never about Silas. It was never about Timothy. It was about the girl. It was about the prisoners and it was about the jailer. This story starts off. Paul and Silas meeting Lydia. It comes to another little girl that they meet. It comes to the masters that they meet. It comes to the magistrates that they meet. It comes to the prisoners that they meet. It comes to the ones that they beat them that they meet. It comes to all of these people just to get to the jailer. Sometimes we're frustrated because we're trying to live a life of Christ and nobody's getting saved. You ain't got to the jailer yet. He took them through all of these people in order to get them to the jailer. Understand this. Your job is just to live holy. Your job is just to be who God has called you to be. Your job is just to walk in your gift and your anointing. That's your job. Because there is a jailer waiting for each and every one of us. In the process, the girl got delivered In the process people saw a miracle in the process, the prisoners got uh, set free. But in the process, all of that, God blesses in the process. But the ultimate goal was to get to this jailer. It says, as the jailer came in, he called for the light. And when he saw the light, whenever you go into a place, you cannot run into darkness without the light of Jesus. He called for the light, he brought the light in with him. He saw that they were there. Then he drew Paul and Silas out. Your deliverance sometime is not until people can see the light. They were free. The gates were open, the doors were open. Everything was set up for them to get free, but yet they didn't leave because the jailer wasn't saved yet. Quit trying to move through moves of God so fast that folk ain't getting saved, we just having church. Church was good, we tore it up, we shouted, we ran, we fell out, we did this. Who got saved? Nobody. What was the point? Right. We had a good time in church. We burned 400 calories in church. Pastor squalled and screeched. But what was the point? Nobody got saved. Yeah. Because one day we'll realize that we're to a point where we're, so enthruse, and we're so enthroned with the gifts that so we're not even chasing Jesus anymore. I don't wanna get pastoral, cause that's not my job. I'm just here to give you a word. But, 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 is Jesus still our focus? Is Jesus still our desire? Is the kingdom of God still our desire? Has God tarried so long that we've gotten comfortable in our sin and can come to church and see a move of God and never respond to it? Have we gotten that comfortable in our walk with God? I told you I love silent church because we all have to look inside of ourselves and say, is Jesus real or am I just coming to church? Do I want to see the world saved or do I want to just come and be comfortable with my family seeing a nice performance on Sunday? Because when you really want to get saved and you really want to get delivered, you could care less who sees it. You could care less who talks about you. The Bible says that the jailer came in. He didn't worry about the other prisoners. He had the position of authority in the jail. Paul and Silas had the position of authority in the kingdom. The authority of the jail came to the authority of the kingdom. Let me tell you, I don't want to get here, but let me tell you this. The earth is our prison. The kingdom is our freedom. The earth must bow to the kingdom of God. And in order to get delivered, in order for Jesus to come, because that's why we're here. We want to see Jesus to come. The the only way we can see Jesus to come is that the earth will bow to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the uh, the kingdom of God. That's how we'll see Jesus. Y'all ain't going to like me no more. (laughs) That's how we'll see Jesus. The Bible says he comes in and he pulls the kingdom authority out into the earth. And he says to them a question What must I do to be saved? He didn't ask them, How did you do that? He didn't ask them, How did the walls shake? He didn't ask them, How did you get the doors open? He knew that there's something about you that's different than all these others that's in here. What is it that you have that I can get for myself? What must I do to be saved? He didn't say, "Come join the church, go through our twelve point uh, classes, and come for six weeks and sit here." Once you, you know, do this, you can then take communion, then you're saved. He said, "Believe. Yeah. That's all you got to do." Yeah. We make salvation so hard. Yeah. All you got to do is believe. Yeah. When somebody asks you, "How can I get what you want?" Believe on Jesus Christ, yeah. and then you're saved. Well, how do I, how do I, how do I change my life? I've been through so much. Jesus understands that. And Jesus has already died for all of that. I've had the awesome pleasure, the awesome pleasure of of seeing, of of seeing, this on camera, sorry, I I don't care. I've had the awesome pleasure of seeing same-sex couples come into my church. And seeing them get, uh, get caught by the love of God, and all of a sudden they said, you know what, this ain't working for me no more. And I also had the awesome pleasure of taking some of those people and marrying them to, 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 to men and women, marrying to each other. I've had the awesome privilege of seeing people who come in to the, the body of Christ that we met in the body of Christ, and they were Muslim. But by the end of service, the touch of God was so thick, they said, what is it that you got? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen drug dealers put their drugs down. I've seen, I've, ooh, I've seen marijuana and cocaine on the altar because all you got to do is present to them Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's what the world wants. That's all the world wants. And see, they don't know that's what they want, but that's all they want is Jesus. The name of Jesus can, I don't knock counselors, I believe that God gave us counselors. But the blood of Jesus can counsel you in a way that counselors can't do it. The word of God can counsel you in a way that that, that some people can't do it. Paul and Silas brought this man out. He said, what must I do to be saved? Said believe, because it was always about him. It was never about Paul and Silas. It was never about you. It's about the one that you will encounter and your witness will be the thing that gets them saved. Each and every one of us have friends and families and coworkers that need Jesus. And it breaks my heart sometimes to know that I got him and you don't, not you, but I'm talking about those folk out there. It breaks my heart to know that, 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 you know what? And, and, and God is working on me to the point where I can just walk up to somebody. I was on the track the other day walking and this guy, he was with his wife and kids and he came up, I had my headphones on. He started waving me down and he was like, Hey brother. He said, do you know Jesus? I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. He said, okay, you preach, but do you know Jesus? (laughs) And I stopped. I said, that's bold. I said, yes, I know him. He said, all right, brother, go ahead. I start walking again. The next guy, hey, 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 brother. He was out there telling people about Jesus. And I'm, I'm like this. Yeah, I know Jesus. I'm a preacher. I ain't told nobody on the track about Jesus. But this brother, I don't know who he was, but he's out there all the time. And he's telling people about Jesus. I was there yesterday and he was praying with somebody on the side of the track. I said, get him in brother, get him. And I walked right past him. And the Lord has convicted me right now in this moment, thinking about this, I walked right past them instead of joining that prayer. All we got to do y'all and I'm done. All we got to do y'all is realize it ain't about us. It's about our jailer. On our way to our jailer, we got to realize that there's some people who need deliverance from demons. On our way to our jailer, we got to realize there's some people who are locked up in some stuff that we're locked up into. All we got to do is chase Jesus. If you got somebody, give uh, give God some praise. If you got something this morning, (laughs) amen. So look, if you don't know Jesus, that's all we got. That's all we got. I'm not worried about you joining. Growth Point Church, I'm not worried about you getting into a ministry. If you don't know Jesus, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to come to him now. Give you the opportunity, if you know in your heart that you just don't know Jesus, you say, I thought I know him, I think I know him, but I wanna make sure that I'm sure that I know him. If that's you, I just ask you to throw your hand in the air. If that's you, real quick, real quick. If there's anybody in here that just wants to know Jesus, if there's anybody in here who's been living a life that can say, you know what? I need to rededicate myself to the Lord. We don't do this anymore. But I need to rededicate myself to the Lord. I got saved when I was 13, but I know my life has not been pleasing unto the Lord. I'm running on on my 13-year-old salvation when I know my 20-year-old hellish life is still in the way of that. So if that's you, you just want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. Just throw your hand in the air. We just want to pray with you. You just want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. If that's you, if you've been coming here and you want to join this church, we ask that you, you, ask that you just follow whatever's going to be on the screen. But if that's you, you want, to, you want to rededicate yourself or you want to give yourself to the Lord, I just ask you to pray with me. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. Father God, we thank you for every single soul that's in this place, God. We thank you for every single body that's in this place, God. God, you didn't send him here for no other reason, God. You didn't send them here for no other reason, God. For the ones who are logged on to the internet right now, God, we praise you, God, for them. You didn't send them here just to be here and just to watch, God, but you sent them here to get a word that you're still there, that you can still bring us out. So, God, right now, God, I pray in the position of Paul that I can stand here and say that all you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, right now, God, I thank you for every heart. I thank you for every mind, every soul, every body, even if they didn't raise their hand, God, I pray that you begin to minister to their soul, minister to their life, God, minister to their bodies, God. And I pray that you give them a fresh renewal, Father. Father, I pray for a freshness to hit their life. Somebody came in here tired. Somebody came in here wore out. But God, right now, I pray to God as they walk. The Bible says when he came to the lepers, it says as they went, they were healed. So God, I pray that as they begin to walk, God, that you refresh them, you heal them, you deliver them, God. For somebody who's going through an emotional issue right now, God, I pray that you touch their emotions, God. For somebody who needs healing in their body right now, God, I pray that you touch that ailment, God. As a testament that you still have power to heal, power to deliver, power to set free, God. So, God, right now, God, I pray for the next doctor appointment to be. You know what? We're going to have to run more tests. Because the test that we just ran didn't show us anything. God, I pray for it right now, God. I believe that you can still heal, God. I believe that you can still deliver, God. I believe that you can still set free, God. I believe right now, God, that you can still confuse doctors right now, God. I believe right now, God, that you can still fix credit reports, God. I believe, God, that you can still right now, right now, God, I believe that you don't have to have the money. All you got to do is have the favor. So, right now, God, I pray for favor over this. Yeah, God, I'm a Sunday. God, right now, God. Right now, God. Right now, God. Suddenly, God, you can hit our lives, God. God, we don't need more resources, God. We don't need more money, God. We don't need more time, God. We need more of your power, God. We need more of your anointing, God. We need more of your spirit, God. So, God, right now, in this place, God, I pray that you touch our hearts, God pray that you do miracle signs and wonders God that we don't know how it happened we don't know when it's going to happen somebody's going to receive a phone call that you're waiting for right now today I know it's Sunday they don't work on Sunday but somebody's going to get a call something you've been praying about something that you've been asking God about something that you you lost your job in the pandemic and you are still waiting for a phone call God says they're calling right now in Jesus name you're going to get it you're going to get it but you got to remain faithful in the middle of it in Jesus name we pray. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.